to this message, you will be challenged and encouraged through God's Word. Here at Heart Seas Family Life Church, it has always been our desire to see people's lives totally impacted and changed. His Word promises to accomplish that. For more information in regards to our church, you can call us at 225-274-1607 or visit us on the web at www.hflc.us. We look forward to hearing from you. Be blessed now as you listen to God's Word. Good morning, everybody, and happy July the 4th. We celebrate with you all today, even though we don't pledge allegiance to your flag, we pledge allegiance to the British flag, but we have great respect for your flag. And as you know, you are an ally of our nation and us with you. So we love the flag. We love the United States of America. And Anne and I, we thank you for your welcome this morning. We thank you for your love and we thank you for your fellowship and accepting us into this church. We've settled in and we've become family. And we are just absolutely loving this experience every day that we are able to function in this awesome church. I thank God for, for the future of this church. I thank God for your future because it's going to be great. It's going to be awesome in Jesus' name. You know, today is all about freedom. And I want to bring a message of freedom to you Today, my son Philip was just stomping all over my stuff today. And uh, I thought, well, I guess I'm not going to get a chance to preach what I feel the Lord has laid on my heart because it seems as though the Lord has given it to him also. Listen, we have a message of freedom. That's the message that we declare to you today in Jesus' name. Can I hear an amen? Amen. I want to just refresh your memories, your minds this morning with a story which is taken from St. John's Gospel, chapter 5, verses 1 to 14. It's on the screens if you haven't got your Bibles. After this, there was a feast of the Jews. Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there was in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whosoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well. 
of whatsoever disease he had. Now a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had been in that condition a long time, he said to him, do you want to be made well? The sick man answered him, sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up, but while I am coming, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, rise. See the karma there? Rise. Get up. Move out. Move forward. Rise. Take up your bed and walk. And immediately, the man was made well, took up his bed and walked. And that day was the Sabbath. Let's pray together, shall we? Father, we just thank you for today. We thank you that we can gather together and we celebrate, Lord, the great freedom that you have brought into our lives through the cross. And Lord, I thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit. That freedom can be maintained 100%. Lord, I thank you for each and every one of us gathered here today. Lord, I pray that you'll speak to every heart, speak into every life. In the name of Jesus, carry that which I share into the hearts and into the lives of each one. In Jesus' name, I ask for your anointing. I ask for clarity of thought and precision of speech as I declare the unsearchable riches of our God. And I vow to give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Can I hear an amen? amen? You know, the title of my message today is, and this is taken from the old King James Version. I like the English language of the old King James Version. Wilt thou be made whole? Would you like to be made well? You know, it's a word for change. You know, it's a word and a promise for a new season. God wants to bring every one of us into a new season. You know, when there is freedom, there is change because freedom brings change. Not only does freedom bring change, but it brings a new season. And I want to speak into your life today a new season for you, for your family, for every circumstance of your life, for everything that's going on and happening in your world today. I want to speak into that change. Can I hear an amen? And I want to speak also into my life, change, into my life, freedom, into my life, a new season also, because 
You know, as we declare the word of the Lord, I want to be a recipient of that also. I don't want to miss out just because I'm the preacher. I don't want to miss out what God is saying through my lips from my heart today. There's something for every one of us as we sit here in his presence. You know, the Bible says that Jesus had just come from Cana of Galilee to Jerusalem. He came... The Bible says through the sheep gate of the city, there were, there were 12 gates of entrance into the walled city of Jerusalem. And every one of them had a specific name. And this gate, which Jesus had come through, was called the sheep gate. By the sheep gate, there was a pool, which is called Bethesda, having, the Bible says, five porches. And as we look at this, this is a type of the church. You know, in Hebrew, it is called Bethesda. In Hebrew, it is called the house of mercy. I'm so thankful today because the church is a house of mercy. It's a place where we can come and obtain mercy. It doesn't matter what we've done. It doesn't matter who we are. It doesn't matter how, how low that we've reached. This is a house of mercy where you and I can receive mercy today. That makes this place a wonderful place. That makes this place an awesome place. That makes this place a safe place where we can come and obtain and find mercy today. You know, it's also in type a picture of the church as well as in Ephesians 4.13. The Bible says he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists and pastors and teachers for the equipping and edifying of the church. And in verse 13, it says this, till we all come to the unity of the faith, and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man. To a perfect man. To the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Jesus want us to be like he is. Jesus want us to declare and witness that which he witnessed and declared and what his life proclaimed. God wants his church to live in fullness, in absolute freedom, in absolute abundance, experiencing the overflowing life that Jesus has come to give us, his church. You know, the sheep gate was a, a market beside the pool of Bethesda where sheep were sold for the purpose of sacrifice. That's why the gate was called the sheep gate for sacrifices at the temple. The priests would come and examine the animals to make sure that they were out spot or without blemish or any deformity. And if there was any defect found in any of these animals, they would be rejected for the sacrifice. It was a place of selection and rejection. But in God's church, there is no rejection. The whosoever will 
may come. It's a house of mercy. It's a place of outpouring. It's a place where we can come and experience Christ's forgiveness, where we can be born again, where we can find the grace of God through a new birth that the Holy Spirit will bring into our lives. Every one of us, like these people that were laying by the side of this pool in our story, we were blind, we were lame, we were paralyzed. We were blind to spiritual things. We didn't know that Jesus came to save us. We didn't know anything about the gospel story because we were lame. We were crippled by sin. We were paralyzed through it and trapped in a prison of no hope. But Jesus made full provision for each and every one of us for our cure to be made whole. Not an angel has come down, but Jesus himself. He is that pool. He is that well of living water. He is that turbulent. He is that stirring. He is that springing up well that is filled with his blood. Thank God for what Jesus has come to do for each and every one of us. You know, the church is the true Bethesda, the real house of mercy, where the diseased, where the helpless, where the sons of men may find health and wholeness in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. There is a saving fountain which has been opened for sins and for all uncleanness. These are true healing waters. Praise God. Hallelujah. True healing waters, a true fountain of living water. You know, this man that we read in our story had been in this condition for 38 years. He was stuck, he was helpless, he was trapped. The Bible says that Jesus saw him and knew that he had been in this condition for a long time. Time. I want to remind you this morning that Jesus sees you. He knows everything about you. You may feel that you are lost in the crowd today, but He sees your condition. He sees and He is able to feel your pain and your hurts, what you are going through today. Just like this man, He knew this man, He knew that He had been in this condition for a long for a long time and as we continue to read the story the bible says that this man got unstuck he was set free from the trap from the prison that he was in what an end to an awesome story this morning it's a story of a miracle it's a story of change it's a story of a new season. It's a story of a breakthrough and it can be your story today in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to ask you this morning, what can you and I learn from this story? Jesus asked the man a very interesting question. Do you 
Do you? Not somebody else. Do you want to be made well? You know, I believe there are three keys that will help somebody today, if not all of us. For I believe that there are areas in all of our lives that we can identify with those that are in our story today. The problems and the difficulties that they were facing and bound with. Number one, do you really want to be made well? This is the first key. The question is to you today, do you really want to be made well? Do you want to change? Do you want to change? It seems that Jesus, while he was speaking to this man, he he wasn't convinced, you know, because all he got back was a negative response to his question. And listen, if I was able to question you personally, maybe I would get negative responses back from you because there is so much negativity in your life today. So much negativity. And I know as I speak to different people and I ask them how they are, all I get is negativity. All I get is pain, what illness I have, what I'm going through, what's happening at work, what's happening in the family, the problems and the difficulties. All we get is negativity. Just like Jesus got from this man. You know, there are a lot of people who claim to want change, to rise to a new level. And they go through all the spiritual motions week after week. But deep inside, they have grown accustomed to their situation. They have learned to live with being stuck. It's really become a lifestyle for them. It's become the norm. I'm not asking you to say amen to that. I'm not asking you to lift your hand to that. But that's the question that I'm asking you in your heart today. The reality is that unless the inward state of your heart and my heart changes, the outward circumstances will never change. And you and I will remain stuck, bound, and in a prison. It's a poignant question for every one of us today. Do you want to be made well? Do you really want to get unstuck? And I don't know what your situation and circumstances are, but I know that they can do with a change. I know that they can do with a new season. There are things that are worrying you and concerning you and you're longing for change. You're longing for a new season so that you can settle down and be at peace. Is that the truth? Am I speaking the truth today? Do you really want to get unstuck, to get to a new level of life? Or have you just laid down on the inside, no longer fighting? Have you really given up on the inside, even though you are still going through the spiritual, religious 
motions. Do you really want to be set free from sin that so easily entangles you? Do you really want to be set free into a new love and passion and into a new relationship with the Lord? Or have you learned to live with mediocrity? I heard a story of a man who took a tour behind the cascading waters of Niagara Falls. Behind, you may not realize this, but behind the falls, there are huge caves and there are tours that take place there at different times. The question was asked a tour guide, how do you manage to put up with the noise of the falls? For it was absolutely deafening. He said, after you have been here a while, you just get used to it. You don't notice it anymore. Is that the same with somebody here today? This morning, you have just got used to the circumstances and you don't see any need to change anymore. You have to really want to be made whole to really desire for your life to be different, to be different. You need to refire your desire. There's a story of a, a young man who went fishing one day and on the, sh- on the shore of a lake and he saw an older man fishing whom he recognized as a highly successful businessman. Although, although now retired, the man the man's life had been highly celebrated. The young man decided to engage the retired man in conversation. Excuse me, sir, I don't mean to bother you, but I recognize you. I am a young man entering business. If you don't mind, I would like some advice. The older man said, what? And the young man said, what do I need to do? What is the first thing I need in order to achieve the kind of success that you have. The older man says, do you really want to know? Yes, sir, was the reply of the young man. He says, well, come down here and bend down. So the young man came and he bent down and he said, look into the water. And the young man was looking into the water. So the guy Bends down, looks in the water, and the older man grabs him by the hair, pushes his head under the water and holds him under. The young man is floundering and flapping and he's trying to get up. The older man is holding this young man under the water with all his strength. Ten seconds went by. Twenty seconds went by. Thirty seconds went by. Forty and forty-five seconds went by and whoosh! The older man finally jerks the young man up out of the water. He gasps for air. It took him a while to compose himself and to start breathing normally again. Then he asked, what did you do that for? The old man said, I was just answering your question. The young man said, what do you mean? He says, when you want success the same way you wanted that breath of air, you 
are on your way to success. Some people have just laid down on the inside. My question is today again, do you really want to be made well? The second key is blaming others. Shifting the blame. Stop making excuses. After Jesus asked the sick man, do you want to be made well? Sir, he said, I have no man to put me into the pool when the waters are stirred up. But while I am coming, another steps down before me. In other words, he said, my being stuck in this impossible situation is somebody else's fault. I have no man to put me into the pool. I am stuck here because of others. Others have not come through for me when the waters are being stirred up. Somebody steps in before me. The bottom line is this. The sick man was saying, it's not my fault. I'm this way because of what others have done for me. It's not my fault that I've been stuck here in this condition. I wonder whether you would have that same excuse. I wonder whether you're shifting the blame from what you're facing, from what you're going through, from your condition. You're shifting the blame onto somebody else. You're making excuses. Do you know what? I don't know whether you've ever heard of Billy Sunday. He was a man in the 30s who was great greatly used in the early American revivals. And this is what he said. An excuse is just a skin of a reason stuffed with a lie. An excuse is just a skin of a reason stuffed with a lie. Let us put away the excuses and pointing the finger. Oh, yes, we're good at pointing the finger and blaming others. You know, this will never lend itself to you getting unstuck from you getting the change and the new season that you are longing for in your life, to getting released. You know, it may cause you even to get even stuck deeper. The third key in this story is obedience. You must obey what Jesus tells you. You must obey what he tells you to do. Jesus said to the man, rise, take up your bed and walk. Be a doer of the word. It's not enough to hear the word week after week. We must action the word. We must take a hold of the faith that God has given us and we must use it and action the word in our lives that we can rise up that we can go forward into the change, that we can go forward into the new seasons, that we can be mighty men of valor for the Lord. We need to be doers of the word. Sadly, you know why the conditions are so great in the body of Christ amongst people today is because they listen, but they don't do. You know, we counsel so many people 
And we encourage them to do the Word, to read the Word, to follow the Word of the Lord, to walk in the Word of the Lord, to walk in the truth and the love and the blessing and the fullness. But sadly, some of the stories are, you know, just chaos, disappointment, dysfunctionalism, and upset instead of blessing, instead of provision, instead of an overflowing testimony of God's goodness and God's wonderful provision. Be a doer of the word. You know, many times it may seem absolutely ridiculous to do some of the things that the Lord asks us to do. But you must learn not to lean to your own understanding. You know, for many, many years, I was stuck. I was in an an impossible situation. I was in a prison of sickness. Anne and I were doing missionary trips to India. And on one of the particular trips, I contacted hepatitis, a new strain. And, And for 14 years, I was incapacitated. It, of this debilitating disease. It was all, this strain of hepatitis was also destroying, just about destroyed my liver. And not just that, but, but compounding that was post-viral fatigue syndrome where I never had an ounce of strength in my body. I hardly knew what it was some days to stand. I hardly knew what it was some days to stand in the shower, to stand and shave like I know I do now. But you know, one day the Lord visited me one night and he told me to do something that was absolutely seemingly ridiculous. He said, I want you to go back to India I lived 17 hours a day virtually in bed. You know, if I, if, whenever I had the opportunity to, to get out, I was only up for about two or three hours and I'd have to return back to bed because of sheer fatigue and pain. And you know, God came to me another night. Alan, I want you to take a step of faith and go to India. And I knew that God was up to something. I knew, even though in the natural it sounded so ridiculous, Anne and I decided to act out upon that word. And you know what happened? The third day that I was in India, God healed me. God set me free from my sickness. God set me free from my pain after 14 years. God may ask you to do something ridiculous, something unnatural, something unconventional. But if you'll do it, by faith, God will step in to your situation. Do what the Lord commands you to do. This man was looking for three things. First, he was looking for a man to lift him up into the water. Then he was waiting for an angel to come. And finally, for the waters to be stirred up. You know, these were things that he thought he needed in order to be healed. But Jesus had an entirely different plan for this man's life. Jesus' plan required that this man put aside how things had been done in the past. Jesus instructed the man to get up. You don't need to go and dip in the pool. 
You don't need to wait for that certain season of the stirring and the agitating of the water. Jesus said to this man, arise. Although it didn't make sense to the man, he had to respond to Jesus. I want to tell you this, when Jesus speaks, you must respond. I responded and I got the answer. I received the breakthrough. And I want to tell you this, my life has been a series of doing the word of the Lord. Many times I've been disobedient, but I've learned to be obedient. I've learned to be a doer of the Lord, of the word. You know, and this is the best way. It's the best life that we can live in on and through the word of the Lord. You know, this man responded to the words of Jesus and he got unstuck. He was healed and he was completely set free. What has the Lord said to you today? Have you obeyed his voice even though it doesn't make sense? Quickly, there's a story which didn't make sense at all. And it's in 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 8. God is sending Elijah to a new place from the brook Cherith to Seraphath, where a woman shall provide for you, God says. And he arrived at the gate of the city, and sure enough, there was a woman gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, Lady, bring me a little water that I may drink. And she was going, and as she was going to get it, he called her and he said, Please bring me also a morsel of bread in your hand. I want to remind you that there was a great severe famine in the land. Elijah had just moved from the brook Cherith where the Lord had sustained him for, for, for a long time with, by the water and also through ravens feeding him every day. But God moved him on. God was moving him into a, a new theater of miracles and into a new theater of blessing. And he comes and he speaks to this woman and he calls her and he asks her for a morsel of bread and water. And she said, as the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in a bin and a little oil in a jar. And see, I am gathering two sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son, that we may eat it and die. Listen, this is wonderful, what Elijah said to her. Do not fear, go and do as... You have said, but make me first a small cake from it and bring it to me. And afterward, make for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, the bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the Lord sends rain on the earth. So she went away and she did. She went away and she did according to the word of Elijah. She and her household ate, the Bible says, for many days. The bin of flour was not used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry, according to the word of the Lord, which Elijah had spoken. You know, the widow represents many in the church today. She was stuck in a situation 
She had no way out. There was no hope. She was at the end of her rope. But she obeyed the word of the Lord. It seemed ridiculous, but she did it anyway. And she prospered. She did it anyway, and she prospered. You know, there are many. There are many in the church, in God's family, who are stuck today. Very few are willing to risk everything and let go to what God is saying and to embrace God's plan. You know what I've found over the years? That often people who have and are stuck and trapped aren't stuck because God has not spoken to them, but they remain stuck because they have not obeyed what God has said to them. You know, there's a wonderful scripture in Jeremiah 29, 29 verse 11. For I know the thoughts and the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. You personally to give you a future, to give you a hope. You know, secular humanism tells us that we could make it ourselves. We can do it ourselves. There is a God within each and every one of us. We don't need anyone else. I want to ask you this morning, are you in control of your destiny? In closing this morning, the place, the pool of Bethesda, the man, the miracle. The sheep gate was a place of selection and rejection. So like a type of this world, we're selected for things and we're rejected from things. We're chosen to play a part and we're rejected from playing a part. We're chosen to live a marriage relationship with our spouse and then we come into a period where we are rejected. But I want to remind you this morning again that Jesus and his church, this house of mercy, is a place of selection. You may feel rejected. You may feel at the end of your rope. You may feel helpless, but you are not rejected. Even though man has rejected you, even though a husband or a wife may have rejected you, even though a family member may have rejected you or your boss or whatever may have rejected you, whatever plan, Jesus hasn't rejected you. Because he is a God full of mercy. He is a God full of truth. Sin may have selected you and you are without hope this morning. Sickness may have selected you and disease and infirmity and pain. And there is no hope. Financial circumstances may have selected you and you are trapped. You just can't get out of it. And then there are personal moral issues which have selected you. Pornography, drugs, alcohol, smoking, 
gambling, cheating. You have been selected and you cannot break out from it. You are like this man in our story today. Helpless, hopeless, crippled and weak and no hope because there was no one to help him. But I have good news for you today. Listen, I know a friend who cares. Someone who every burden bears. Someone who every heartache shares. Someone who'll answer all your prayers. It's Jesus who died for you. It's Jesus who'll make you live anew. It's Jesus he'll make your dreams come through in Jesus' name. And you'll never be the same again. Never the same again. One day a man walked through that same gate over 2,000 years ago. His name was Jesus of Nazareth. He came to love. He came to heal. He came to forgive. He came to give his life a ransom for all of mankind. Yes, he was rejected. He was despised by man. They crucified him, but he was selected in heaven to be rejected of men because there was a purpose in selection and in rejection. It was through his rejection that he could take away sin. He could take away sickness. He can take away disease and every type of dysfunctionalism and bring peace. Selected to be rejected so that the rejected could be selected. Selected to be rejected. So the selected, the rejected, who were once rejected, could be selected. Hallelujah. I wonder whether we can just stand together this morning. We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard, but we also know it will be changed as you put God's Word into effect. At Heart Seas Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.